The Blacksmith's Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. Hey guys, yeah, it's Shane Bracco here. Uh, you know, it's been pretty good. I'm down south now. It's been a long time since City High days. Yeah. You coming back up north anytime soon? Well, yeah, actually, Muhammad, uh, let me know about the little Tech Stars event, which I'm very, very interested in uh, from the 16th to the 18th of July. Um, very, very interested in that. So I'm going to swing by and see what that's about, catch up with a few people. I love it, man. Love it. It's a pleasure to have you on. Excited to hear a bit about what you got going on in the, the crypto space. Teach us a little bit as well as our yeah listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the crypto space, I would at least call myself a novice, but I kind of see myself as a thinker. So I've kind of been thinking about crypto longer than I've been dabbling in it per se. Um, as far as I can see, I'm more into the investing side of crypto now. So like I said, uh, I was telling Muhammad, uh, you know, about mining and whatnot. I kind of don't see the, the big picture on mining just before, because of resource purposes. So I just been, you know, throwing my money into the coin directly, but we'll get into all those different topics and whatnot soon, but just to throw that information out there. But uh, crypto is amazing. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's amazing at the same time, but there's a lot of different nuances that you have to get familiar with because right. there's a lot of different things going on that you have to cover yourself as far as scams and, you know, decentralized and trusting different people and whatnot. So Mark Cuban, we'll that. you see that recently? calling for regulation now after uh, I, money. yeah but here's the thing i i don't keep with the headlines like i said i'm, I'm down south and the, and the mode of the way of things in the south is kind of you know to yourself and if it's not if it doesn't include you then it's not my information so i don't really care about it but i kind right. of adapted that mindset so i'm kind of in like a I'm, I'm kind of in my own little bubble. So I don't really get news or anything like uh, Muhammad was telling me about, about different apps and whatnot that I had not even known. That's crazy. <laughs> because I'm, I'm in this, <laughs> this rural bubble. But I know what's going on large scale. Like I know where Bitcoin, I know where crypto is going, but I don't necessarily know like the new app or like the new software and all that. Like I might be like five years behind on that aspect. Wow. Wow. Off the grid. Respect. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's so, jump, jump so, into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right. Uh, all right. I know you didn't expect to hear the other voice. I thought there was just a one-on-one conversation. But, you know, I've been being creepy and listening and thinking of some questions to ask in the background. In the meantime, want to make sure we use this guy's time right, you know. So uh, when it comes to this whole crypto thing, a lot of you were asking for someone to come on and talk about it, for us to have some education on it, things like that. So you nagged for it, here it is. So y'all better listen, because he's not here to waste his time. He's here to really give you great information in the crypto space. So if you need to pick up a notebook, otherwise save the episode, keep, keep it on repeat, but just know that we want Shane to come in a few more times and just make sure that he is getting you as much information as possible. Very knowledgeable in the space. It's a new thing. You really don't want to miss out on taking that opportunity for education. So without further ado, Shane Bracco. 
All right, yeah, thanks, guys. I'm just going to go over a little bit more of background. Shane Bracco, graduating class of 2015 from Iowa City City High. I briefly stayed at, uh, went off to Graceland University, and unfortunately, I dropped out. I left school, pursued music. Um, I was working in the music domain for about uh, two, three years, uh, doing productions and whatnot, uh, engineering and audio, uh, technical engineering and stuff like that. Um, I got as far as I could go in music, but I made a lot of different connects. I'm very, very happy with what I did in music. I won't name drop or anything like that, but I do have very, very, you know, A-list uh, connections within the industry. Um, I kind of pride myself on that because if I did have an artist and I did have a, a crazy beat or something, I could definitely go number one in a week. But uh, I kind of keep that to myself because music is a game where it's not about just having a crazy song, but you have to have an artist, you have to have a plan, you have to have a, a lot of money to back you. Um, so I kind of left that on the back burner as of now because I had to pursue different things. Um, so then once I left music, I got back into sales. Um, if anybody knows me back in the day in high school, I worked at Old Navy and Gap. Um, so that gave me all the sales experience that I needed. Um, I got into car sales and a little bit of internet marketing. Uh, once I left car sales during COVID, uh, I got into electronic repair uh, with TechSmart here in Grenada, Mississippi. Shout out to Eric Armstrong. Um, I ended up leaving TechSmart uh, because I was investing in the COVID space and I was making more money than I was at TechSmart. But no, nothing against my boss. Shout out Eric Armstrong again. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, as far as much as I learned about crypto trading, it's mostly from just being in the investing space, but a novice at best. And when I say that, just watching the market, uh, 2018, I would say 2017, 2018, I started to uh, at least notice what was happening in the digital space because I'm behind a computer, uh, you know, 24 seven, you know, when you're in the studio or making beats or whatnot, you're behind a computer, uh, you're on forums, you're going through, uh, you know, different type of uh, software platforms for your plugins, Waves Audio and stuff like that. So you're on the forums a lot. Yeah, so back in the digital space, uh, you know, you're dealing with plugins and different uh, algorithms to authenticate those plugins when you're in music. So I, I got into, you know, 2FA, having my secure keys on a USB drive. Um, a lot of people don't understand the engineering aspect of music. When you go into a studio, a lot of times you're going to have what is called an iLock, what has uh, your security and your two-factor authentication for your plugins and whatnot. So you have to be able to debug that and, and, and make copies of that. Um, whenever you get into mastering and having your, uh, your files and everything ready for mixing and mastering the music, you have to have that, that uh, security. Um, so I, I became very aware of that digital domain as early as 2015, 2016. Um, as early as... 2016, I did a stay at uh, Soundscape Studios in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, shout out to Chance the Rapper. Um, shout, out, shout out to a bunch of artists that came out of Soundscape. Um, it was a great little studio. They, they were very, very kind to me and my brother. Um, they let us get some you know, studio time for a little pennies on the dollar and I learned a lot and I went out from there. Um, so let's get into crypto, right? That's just a little background of how I got into the digital domain. A little bit more information. I do come from an IT background. My grandfather went to MIT, Louis Bracco. Uh, my father before Vietnam, just so everybody know, my parents are very, very old. So yes, my father was in Vietnam. He was born in 1955, the letter in. 
Um, and before he went off to Vietnam, he studied computer science at the University of Chicago. And uh, a funny story about that is it ended up being a sham because in the, you know, the 60s, not many people knew about computers. And he did a whole class at the University of Chicago and they were all building computers and doing binary and whatnot, programming the computers using binary. And at the end of the semester, the guy that was running the whole program ended up taking the computers and leaving and ghosting everyone and no one got their computers and no one got their degrees. So what? that was a, uh, a funny little story. Yeah, it happened in the 60s. It was a huge thing in Chicago. Um, you know, computers were a new thing. And basically what he had done, basically what he had done, he got free programmers and free uh, builders for the devices and he skated out. So it was probably some Bill Gates guy, you know, trying to make the, 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 the new PC and using students to do so. But uh, yeah, then my father went off to uh, Vietnam and whatnot. So I kind of grew up, my first system was a Commodore 64. If anybody knows anything about that, you know, yeah. the, it, you may yeah. know the uh, Nintendo 64, but the Commodore 64 was uh, a huge thing. Um, it was a huge thing. So I learned a little bit on that. Um, I watched my dad program on that, but I was always a dabbler. Um, I'm a script kitty at best for all the programmers out there. I'm not shy about being a script kitty. You know, why do all the work when I can go on GitHub and get the code myself and run it, you know? So thank you guys to all the real coders out there doing all the hard work for us script kitties to, you know, benefit. But uh, so yeah, that's my background. Um, hopefully all that makes sense. Hopefully I didn't jump around too much. And now let's get into crypto. So you guys have any questions before we get into crypto and the blockchain and everything? No, I guess, um, yeah, just I'm just looking to make sure that, yeah, when it comes to this episode that we're giving people like a good amount of information to start with. And then from there, you know, they'll be able to do anything and everything they need to just continue the progress, continue the process. But but really, it's like for this first episode, get some of the background on like, what is Bitcoin? Like, what are people talking about when they're talking about these public keys, private keys and like just how you feel on some of these crypto scams that are going on and yeah i'd love to have you on like multiple weeks going forward too just so people have that opportunity to just keep learning more because yeah just like even a lot of those basic things like people don't truly realize well i'll try to keep it as basic as possible and also the complexity the the complex nature of crypto and programming and everything that goes into it I am a novice at best, but what I am good at is explaining it down to the most simplistic form. Now, to really get into crypto, you would have to understand what the blockchain is. And blockchains have been around for as long as the internet has been around. You know, the first protocols back in the day for the for the you know the old you know refrigerators style computers, right? So blockchains have been around for a long, long time. Um, but to really get into it, let's go back to the basics. Let's go back to ancient Mesopotamia. This is where I kind of start off with my clients when I'm talking to people about uh, what Bitcoin is. So you have a thing called uh, a ledger, right? So even back in ancient Mesopotamia with cuneiform, right? The tablets, people were keeping track of their shekels or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, keeping track whether it was shells in Africa or exchanging of gold and precious metals and stuff like that or sticks and tallies and stuff like that. So keeping track of your ledger. That's been going back for, you know, Aeon, right? It's been going on for however many years. Now, ledger keeping, if you think about ledger keeping in the Silk Road, right? I kind of go into the Silk Road because 
of the exchanges of materials, right? So when you're buying and selling back in the biblical days or back in the ancient days, you're relying on that source. So this is where that comes from. You're trusting them that they're giving you a product or whatever they're giving you, whether you're trading, bartering, or exchanging a, a form of currency, right? And that trust goes into the individual that you're trusting to buy from. And that also that individual that's selling you something is also trusting you to give them that monetary value, right? So to keep track of all that information, that institution or seller or company or business is gonna have a ledger. So they're keeping track of all the exchanges, what's coming in and what's going out, right? So as for as long as time can be, those individuals kept track of the ledger and we trusted those individuals with that information. And it was up to you to keep track of that information, you know, mind your money, right? And that's been going on. So once we get into modern days, that has still been a fabric of our society is ledger keeping, monetary values, you know, uh, banking, um, and then the digital, We've been digital for a long, long time. You know, debit and credit cards have been around for the longest time, um, especially, you know, the 70s and 80s. So we're a few generations in to the digital platform. Um, so blockchains, in short, is just a database that increases a list of information or a ledger, right? And it's stored in what is called a block, right? Um, which is just a list of transactions that everyone can view. And that's basically the carbon print clone copy uh, way of seeing it that you would just look up on the internet or whatever, right? But what right. makes cryptocurrency the newest technological innovation in the realm of ledger keep, keeping is, is that it's based off cryptography. And not to go, because you can go into a rabbit hole and all these different topics, and it, it, it is so expansive that you can really dwell and ponder on a lot of different topics. And I'm trying to keep this as concise as possible. But cryptography is basically, if you ever seen the Zodiac Killer, right? If you ever seen that movie, The Zodiac. So that guy was going around doing all his dirty work and he was sending letters out to the FBI or the, the local law enforcement and whatnot, and they couldn't decipher the code because they did not have the cipher, they did not have the key. So if you can wrap your head around how that works, and a lot of people are familiar with the Zodiac Killer, so I kind of throw that out there, or spies, <laughs> right? If you watch 007, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. when the spies are talking on their phones, they're using cryptography, right? They might write down a code and then they'll write it on a piece of paper and they might use invisible ink you know, back in those days and whatnot. And then another spy would come along and he would read the code and he would have a key. So each spy would have a key to the code. So when they would exchange information, they could, you know, read whatever the information was being exchanged at that time. They would use that key to decrypt that message. Now I won't go into how that works because that'll be a little bit more complex about cryptography works, but that's the main idea, right? And uh cryptocurrency, basically makes the blockchain possible. And do you guys have any questions so far? No, I think you're you're breaking it down in a in a great way. I haven't heard it put that way. And it really brings my mind to how a lot of people that are ignorant about cryptocurrency, they say that it enables criminal activity or encourages it. How do you feel about that with the blockchain and how it is a, a ledger?
and all transactions are recorded. Yeah, I laugh at that because the the <laughs> the biggest use case of fraud in, in illegal activity is cash, my friend. And before that, it was, you know, shells. And before that, it was, you know, sticks and stones. So uh, <laughs> this, in the, in the <laughs> digital space, everything is recorded. You know, you can't get away from, from being monitored on the internet. You know, the, 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 the Tor network and, and everything that people think they have a little bit of anonymity and it, it doesn't really exist. It's pseudo anonymous. That's the term. You know, I may not, basically what that means is person to person like me and you, we don't know who, who that person is, but a global entity with the massive resources and finances to do so, yes, they can figure it out. So in, this, in the realm of crime, and whatnot, right. cryptocurrency does not make the game any easier. If anything, right. it makes the game harder. Right. And if not, anything. And real quick, Shane, uh, I was going to say, I think that was made evident with the FBI being able to get some of that money that was sent uh, in Bitcoin back from those hackers that hacked the pipeline recently. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it easier. Exactly. Uh, back in the back in the day when you had mobsters stomping people on the street, they they went free. But nowadays, there's so many cameras, there's people around. You're not getting away with anything. So, it's definitely I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the way I basically break it down is everything is tracked. If you have a wallet, or if you have a exchange. All that information you can as at, is at your fingertips, essentially. So for people to be worried about crypto, it's really the lack of information, the lack of technical skills to whether you can lose your coin and all those other issues and the insight of how scamming works, because basically we're changing the game. It's, it's going from trusting institutions like banks with your money to the sole person who controls your money is you. So currently the way the system works is we give our money to the bank, we give our, which is an intermediary, right? We're trusting them with our money. So basically in short, when someone else has your money, you can call them up and say, how's, how's my money doing? You know, uh, oh, I have this issue. Uh, my transaction didn't go, th go through, can you fix that? Because that's their job. We've given them a tax to deal with our funds, right? And as things get bigger and we go from uh, centralized to decentralized into the global world, right? The Tower of Babel, if we can get into that a little bit. Um, the sole person who needs to be responsible for your money is you. So we're taking the responsibility away from the institutions and empowering ourselves, right? So that's where the issue comes. People worry about... Uh, scams and, and things that can go wrong in cryptocurrency because they're not technologically savvy and they're not responsible with their money. Simple as that. A lot of people have bank accounts, a lot of people have investments accounts and different other things, but they rely on the institution to do so. And what the internet has brought, you know, trading and other aspects of uh, finance that people didn't really have their hands on for years. You know, if, if you ever watched Wolf of Wall Street or something, for years, people would call up their broker and make a deal and do yeah. it on the phone or et cetera, et cetera, or yes, send a letter is. or whatever. And now it's all at your fingertips. You can be that guy. You can make those decisions and you don't have to pay 15, 25, whatever percent you need to pay. The only thing you have to worry about is paying what you owe through the exchange, right? What they would pay on their end. 
So you're not paying that middleman. The third party is being taken out of this space. I hopefully that makes sense. Now, do you guys have any more questions? No, that makes perfect sense. I, I do have a question though, and I don't know if you're going to hit on it, but what about how these coins are created? Because I know you're taking out that middleman, which sometimes is good, right? Because then you have reassurance of where your money is actually going, but this also plays into the scams and things that we were talking about. So if you could hit on how those, those new coins are developed, who's behind them, how are they backed? How do you, how are you reassured that your money is in a place where you're going to be able to get it back or stuff like that or exchange right, it? So do the blockchain and we're, we're kind of getting a little bit too deep to the point where I would have to explain what the blockchain is, what Bitcoin is, and then <laughs> right. get into that. So keep keep that in mind because let's let's yeah. go a little bit deeper. Now, Muhammad, do you have anything to say? Muhammad had to hop off. He had to okay. take care of some okay, business. Okay, so it's just me and you. It's just us. Yep. All right. All right. So let's get further into the blockchain, right? So after we have this ledger, this digital ledger, right? Blockchains use what is called an algorithm. Right. And many people have been throwing around algorithm for, you know, social media. Oh, they're complaining about, oh, man, the algorithm is messing up my feed or, oh, I'm not getting any likes anymore because the algorithm is being mean to me and stuff like that. Which so people have been throwing around algorithm for a while now. But basically, an algorithm is basically I want to put this as simple as possible. And a lot of guys are going to get mad at me for the technical guys that are going to be like, oh, my God, this guy just botched what an algorithm is. But it's basically <laughs> just a a code translation. You know, if I'm speaking to you, it's basically, uh, let me let me put this a little bit better. Um, an algorithm is basically steps. It's a recipe, right, to perform a function. Now, a lot of people, they're still not going to understand that, which is why I just tell people it's, it's a code to translate, right? You're translating the code. So if, if I speak Spanish and you speak English, we have to figure out how we're going to talk to each other. And algorithms is just the steps and the recipe after we form consensus of how we speak to each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the way I see it okay. too, with recipes, as you do a recipe, it gets better over time. You make changes until you get to that, that final perfected endpoint, which sometimes it doesn't end up being perfected, but the algorithm is continuously being updated, right? To, to meet our, our, our needs. Or the needs of whoever, exactly. whoever exactly. is, is uh, deploying it. Mm -hmm. Now, to piggyback on what the algorithm is, let's go back to the ledger. Because in the digital space, previously, everyone had their ledger. You know, uh, Goldman Sachs or whatever bank, you know, your local bank, they have a ledger. Everyone has a ledger, right? And you're trusting them to monitor and keep track of all these exchanges and transactions, right? What the blockchain is, is that this database is chained together, is linked in trust with trust for a digital ledger. So everyone takes part in the digital ledger. It's not just one entity, one man, or one corporation or agency with a ledger. When you sign up for uh, cryptocurrency, or if you make a node, and we'll get into that, you're uh, gaining access to a decentralized distributed network. And decentralization refers to ownership, 
is not owned by a particular person, company, or agency, like I said before. And distributed refers to location. It is not located in a single location, but located across the world via nodes, via blocks, and they're all chained together. So this changes the ledger keeping game. It's no longer, hey, uh, I have 2.3 million worth of this and I can lend you this and hopefully you can pay it back at this interest rate. Hey, can I see your ledger? Oh, no, you can't look at that. Oh, no, uh, you just have to trust me. <laughs> so no, that that doesn't happen in the in the uh, in the blockchain, right? right? Everyone has a piece. Everyone can monitor those transactions, right? And we come to consensus with an algorithm. So we use the algorithm as a cookbook, so everyone can understand it and understand each other, and for everyone to agree, which is consensus, right? And blockchains use algorithms which use the proof of work is the first form of the consensus algorithm. And in Bitcoin, they use what is called SHA-256 or 256 bits, right? And SHA stands for uh, Secure Hashing Algorithm. And I would love to go into the complexities of SHA and yeah. what those algorithms are, but the most popular algorithms starting from like 95 with SHA-1 and even before that, you had MD5. Now, if you guys want some more information, just Google these terms and it'll be easily accessible. Yeah. But you had MD5, very rudimentary hash rate. You had uh, SH0, which was, you know, kind of the, the fundamental uh, kind of test net for the SHA-1, right? And you had SHA-1, which is also called SHA or Secure Hashing Algorithm, uh, and then SHA-2. Now, SHA-2 is predominantly what we use today. So... These algorithms have been around for the longest time, right? Whenever you signed into your Gmail back in like 06 or whatever, you know, for guys in my generation, you know, you made a Gmail account probably back in like 06, 07, and you create a password. So when you enter a password into your computer, into that site, that site does not store the password. If it's a good site, <laughs> it doesn't store the password. What it does, it stores a hashing algorithm and it keeps track of, so when you enter the password, it goes through the hashing algorithm and that algorithm sends you a hash which confirms the password. So they don't store your password. Only thing they wanna know is does the password, does the password you input match the hash that they have on file? So therefore man in the middle attacks, you would have to have control of the database in order to hack someone's password. Now, gaining access to passwords and how people do that by like spoofing and all that type of stuff, that's a whole different story. Um, but algorithms are defined as a set of instructions that under conditions are performed in a sequence, right? And they're like recipes. Do you have any questions? Nope, nope. I think all it's right. all good. We'll have to have you back on to get even more in depth on that, man. That's a lot. It, it is a lot. Yeah, it, it is. Let's, I think we should come back up to the surface a little bit. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Okay. And I know we hit on Bitcoin because I want to hit some of the names that people really know about in regards to cryptocurrency, like the Bitcoins, the Ethereums, and, and what, what, any other ones that you have dabbled in or that you follow. Because I, I And I also want to hear how you feel about Bitcoin versus these other ones being a store of value in some people's eyes versus those being used for actual exchanges of 
of cash or transactions. Blacksmith Capital Research website, newsletter, and related social media posts, content, and podcasts are provided for general informational purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.